In the holy name of Jesus, amen. How many of you would like to see the church grow? How many of you would like to see more people in our Sunday services? How many of you would like to see more people in our Sunday schools and midweek classes? Yeah, everybody's raising their hand. If you haven't raised your hand, let's talk after service. We love it when the church is full and when people are here and the attendance numbers seem to be going upward and the church seems to be growing and alive. It's nice. It's nice for you all to raise your hand here today. But what about those who are not here today? Who deserves to be here today? Who deserves to come to this table that the Lord has set before us today. Now you might sit there and say, well, Pastor, we want to see absolutely everybody possible in our doors and in our hallways and in our pews and at this altar rail. But is that really true? Is that really how you view your neighbor? The ones that you like and maybe the ones that you don't like? Is that how you view the person who has a different political view or social view than you do? Do you truly look at them as one that Christ has died for and has given up his life as a ransom for, for all of their sins? Do you truly hold on to what we just sang? This is an amazing hymn, by the way. You should cut it out and plaster it at your house. The feast is ready, come to the feast. And we say, all right, we like the feast, this is awesome. The good and the bad. Come and be glad, greatness and least, come to the feast. The problem is, is that we are the ones who have set up the highways and the hedges by who we would like to see in here and who we would not like to see in here. We have set up boundaries and limitations for various things and various people, and that does not mean that we don't talk about sin and what is right and what is wrong. We certainly do, and we certainly do uphold to the standards that God has given to us in the Scriptures. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every last one of us. But I want you to go back to this passage from Luke chapter 14 today. And unfortunately, we don't get the full scope of what this text is all about. Jesus is at a dinner at a very highfalutin Pharisee's house. And the Pharisees are there. The religious people, we might call them the clergy. And they are watching Jesus' every move. There's a man who is ill that Jesus ends up healing, and he says, who of you would not go find an ox or a donkey or whatever that's fallen into a well and pick them up on the Sabbath? And then he talks to them about the fact that if you are invited to a wedding feast, don't take the higher seat, but rather look at those who are the lowest amongst you and say, friend, come up higher, because that is how your heavenly Father will look at you. And we say, yeah, those are good things. Jesus is healing people. Let's take a look at those who are lowly, those who are downcast, those who are suffering, those who are addicted, those who are wound up by sin, and let's tell them to come up higher. 
And that's where you get today's beginning of our reading. Did you notice that? Notice what one person says after Jesus says all of that. Blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. That sounds like a good thing. Blessed is everyone who's going to come to heaven, Jesus. Blessed is everyone who's going to eat at the great and wondrous marriage feast. This is awesome. This is so cool what you're talking to us about. But did you notice with our reading today, there is a big but. Jesus says to them that the kingdom of God is like a marriage feast where a man goes and invites all of the people he knows. You, me, the Pharisees, the religious and he says to them, what? Come, the party is about to start. The wedding feast is ready. And how do the people respond? I have some land I have to go look for. I have some oxen. I just got married. There's nothing wrong with those three things. It's not that God doesn't want you to own land, or I don't think any of you own oxen, but a car or property. It's not that God doesn't want you to get married. But it's what we do and what we put up in front of us as a hedge and a barrier to the grace of God. How many of you were here last weekend? <laughs> How many of you were here the weekend before? Yeah. How many of you are going to be here next weekend? It's the 4th of July weekend. Think about that for a minute. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, holiday weekend, we got fireworks, and the church doesn't set off fireworks. Do you see the point? Who's invited here? Who do you want to be in this place? Do you want the person who dresses like you to be here? Do you want the person who acts like you to be here? Do you want the people who have been protesting this weekend to be in here with you today? Do you want the people under the bridges at 4.30 and 6.30? Do you want the people who vote for opposite opponents of you and your political schemes to be in here? Where do you draw the line? Where do you say, I, I don't know if this place is really for you? Where do you set up the seat and act like God? Judging, condemning, and casting out those who are in desire of the grace of God. Well, they don't act like they're wanting the grace of God, Pastor. They're not acting by this. They don't seem to be acting like this. They don't seem to be acting really Christian in their behaviors. But have you ever stopped to think at times that sin... S-I-N, and it's not any particular type of sin, but sin can be like an addiction. Have you ever been addicted? Have you ever been addicted to alcohol or drugs or anything else like that? I have. And it's terrible. It's one of those things that it's incredibly difficult to overcome. And that is what we are as sinners. We are addicted to sin. And we may say, well, I just want the best for the church. I want best for our congregation and our people and everything else like this. And yet there are those people around us who are terribly addicted to sin. And they're crying out for God's mercy and his strength. 
and his forgiveness and his love. The feast is ready. Come to the feast. The good and the bad, come and be glad. Greatest and least, come to the feast. Who do you want here today? Who do you want to see at this table? The reality is kind of hard to swallow, isn't it? It's hard to look at everyone out there and truly want to see them in here. Why? Because I'm a Pharisee, and so are you. I'm one who has set up my standards and my thoughts and my views, and yet I do not wish to invite people here who are down and out and addicted and in need. Well, Pastor, you're, you're kind of speaking rather harsh here today. It sounds like we don't want really anybody to come in here. But that is really kind of where we're at, isn't it? I'm standing up here telling you that myself. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you'll notice what Jesus says today about the wedding feast. He doesn't say, oh, well... You know, church attendance has gone down. The people who know all about this haven't really shown up. And we're just not going to have the party. Yeah, just cancel it. We don't have enough for the minimum what the caterer is asking for. We're just going to close up shop and we're not going to let anybody else come to the party because it's over. It's not going to happen. You notice what the master of the party says. First off and foremost, he's angry. He's angry that people would not recognize and notice what is right before their very face in the grace and love of God. That this is a place where you come into the presence of a divine and holy God and he does not give you and me what you deserve. That's called mercy. He gives you and I what we don't deserve and that is grace and forgiveness. This is not a social club. This is not a place of Germanic heritage. Sorry. This is not a place of other kinds of heritages. This is not a place that you have been at for so many decades and want things to all stay the same and be the way that they used to be. This is a place where sinners are gathered around the feast. The good and the bad. The glad and the least. Where are you at in that list? Where am I in at in that list? The reality is, is what Jesus says today is, is that the party's going to go on. And you can look at this party and you can look at everything that's set here before you today and say, I've got better things to do. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about the excuses because quite frankly, there are Sundays I stand up here and I'd rather do something else. But the feast will still happen. The master says, I'm going to have my party whether you like it or not. And if you're not going to come, then go out to the highways and to the hedges. Do you know kind of what that means? It's like the outskirts of town. It's like where the, the people who have leprosy are. The people who are infectious. The people who are dirty and unclean. Go out and invite them. And they go out and invite them. And we think, yeah, this is great. And then the servants come back and they say, there's still more room. 
go out and invite even more. You and I are beloved, redeemed children of God, called and gathered here by God's unending grace for you. Don't ever take that for advantage. Don't ever take it for granted. You who were once far off have now been drawn close by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we cannot look at everyone outside of this place as people who are far off, people who need to be drawn in by the same blood of Jesus Christ, shed and poured out freely for them as well, then we better take a look at ourselves. We better stop, look, not say anything, and listen. This is why we begin the service. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I don't know, but if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. And then we confess our sins. Why? Why do we do that? Because of what we heard here today. There are going to be those who look at this and say, I don't want to come. I'm too busy. I love what was said in the children's message. Everything else is more important than the party. I really didn't need to say anymore after I heard that. That is what this is all about here today. This is a foretaste of the feast that is to come. Once again, Almighty and gracious God has joined you with himself today in his holy presence. He has heard your cries for mercy. He has heard our country's cry for mercy, our world's cry for mercy, and he has not decided to destroy us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And he comes to you this day at this place to feed you with himself, to feed you with his son's body and blood, crucified and forgiven and resurrected from the dead. All promised to you. The feast is here. And if you're here next weekend, the feast will be here. And if you're here the weekend after that, the feast will be here. God loves to eat. He loves to have you, his people, at his wedding feast. But he wants more. So many more. And today's parable is not about God looking at us and being angry with us saying that we only deserve present and eternal punishment because we sometimes have turned a blind eye to his grace. This is why we say, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, not for my sake, but for the sake of the sufferings and death of Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, forgive me of all of my sins. And you know what? That's exactly what he has done for you. When you hear me say here today that this bless you and keep you Depart in peace, you are free. That's not a sense to say, go have brunch. Service is almost over. You are free to live without fear. Fear of your own sins condemning you. Fear of what is going on in this world around us. You are free to live for the benefit and welfare of your neighbor, no matter who they are, what they look like, or how they identify. 
You are here to live for the fellow sinners just like you and me. For the gospel call goes out that the feast of victory, his victory, is seated right before you. We don't have to wait till heaven. This is the feast of victory now. It's so much more in heaven, but this is a foretaste of the feast to come. And just like any other party, why wouldn't we want more people in this place? Why wouldn't we struggle and strive to see more people in this place, to have more people receive his wondrous mercy and grace and forgiveness in their darkest, dire needs and times of care, carelessness, and want. This is why we call this season the green season, a time of growth, a time to sit back and reflect as church, even in the midst of summertime, who is invited to this table. Right here is where our Lord brings heaven and earth to you and me, a bunch of beggars. Consider the words that you will hear spoken in just a few short moments. Take, eat, take, drink. This is given and shed for you and for all. And that's how we'll end for today. Our focus on the fact that Emmanuel, our God and Lord, is with us in our midst. And whether I do a bang-up job as a pastor inviting people here, or whether you do an even better job of inviting people here, or whether we are completely silent on invitations of people and welcoming of different people here at this place, he will still have his feast. It will still be prepared around the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Freely you have received, freely let us bring our gifts to the Lord.